0: Hey, this is your host Shane with another exciting episode of Radical Rocks. We have got cat's eye emerald, we've got a 3,000 pound poop, we've got a mummified mermaid, we've got On the first so much more. Stay tuned. I was looking at Radical Rocks. There were fossils and minerals and rocks and things. There were sand and hills and rains. That's right, radical rocks are everywhere And today we're going to be talking about a lot of them Paratomite. we're going to talk about that We're going to talk about the humbug silver and gold mining claim In the Spruce Mountains of Nevada We'll talk about the birthstone of the Month We're going to talk about a $1.5 million gem cell And so much more breakated agate But I want to thank you guys for tuning in. I want to thank you for liking and subscribing. You can join our social media. You can find us at uh, Facebook and MeWe. Just go to Radical Rocks or Radical Rocks USA. We're going to pop up. Um, We've got a new video on how to identify minerals and gems. So check that out on YouTube. And this is our 200th episode. So uh, kind of... uh, celebrating that. Um, I wanted to do something special but haven't brainstormed anything yet so that may be up and coming. We'll see what happens on that. So let's get right into it. First off, uh, let's see here. How about let's talk about that cat's eye. We've talked about this before but at uh, israeldiamond.co.il. The GIA shows off a 126 carat cat's eye emerald, this is a beauty. Um, There's a picture of it there on the website. It has the uh, cat's eye right in the middle. This is very, very rare. This is the largest one ever submitted according to GIA lab in Tokyo and uh, was wrote up in the 2022 issue of Gems and Geology. They uh, said that this was the whopper that they've ever found, the biggest one. Beautiful. Uh, Cationic or cat's eye effect is caused by these convex um, lines that go through it of another mineral inclusion, rain-like inclusions within the stone. Uh, These reflective rain-like inclusions are what cause this to happen. They're a whitish granular flake-like inclusion and aggregates of tiny whitish crystals, the lab said in its report, to gems and geology. So check that out if you want. Pretty beautiful. We talked about that recently. Now, there's an interesting article you might want to check out at iflscience.com. And uh, Eleanor Higgs says, if you find a precious gemstone, can you keep it? Well, it's uh, kind of an obscure article in the fact that, well, I won't say obscure, it's uh, not really detailed. That would probably be a better word. Um, And, you know, you've got to consider they're putting this out there for the entire World Wide Web, but they do highlight on things that you could, you know, look for information on what you could dig up. So if you find something in your backyard, can you keep it? Maybe, maybe not. Some areas, you might not even own the uh, mineral rights for the land that you live on. And uh, if you take something out of there of value, uh, you could find that someone else could lay claim on it. So that might not be um, advisable. You have to find out. And anyway, there's gold, there's silver, there's gemstones, there's all kinds of things that you can find, even amber that is considered uh, a a gemstone, even though it doesn't have mineral properties and it is more of an organic gemstones are typically um, made into beautiful works of art that's pretty basic, I don't think we need to go into that. I did go over this article earlier, they talk about uh, having a deed to the mineral rights. And having rights or deeds to the land doesn't mean that you have mineral rights. You can go to pay dig places like the Emerald Hollow Mine in North Carolina in the United States, or you can go to the Crater of the Diamonds Park in Arkansas in the United States, pay a small fee and possibly find diamonds. So these are some of the recommendations that they make, but also, the Bureau of Land Management uh, usually you can collect a sol- uh, small amount of rocks per day with a uh, maximum limit of uh, however many pounds, depending on the area. So you can go there and find out the latest information from them. And then um, also subscribing to a good magazine like uh, possibly Rock and Jim will also help you. But we're going to talk about some locations where you can find Bracaded jasper where to find it today so we'll get into that now if you've been fortunate enough to be here in the United States and go to Arizona um, January through February is a wonderful time for gemstone uh, fossils and uh, mineral lovers around the world uh, gather at different groups and meetings from quartzite Arizona to the Tucson Gem and Mineral um, Shows and at Arizona.edu, they talk about the Tucson Gem Mineral and Fossil Showcase of 2023. And it says that um, they had theirs from January 27th to February 11th. It's all over now, but they had over 65,000 guests just at this one show and uh, at this one booth in particular. They've got a video there if you want to see. Some of the vendors and things that are going on, go ahead and check that out. Let's talk about a gold mine. I don't think we did gold mine stuff the last uh, last episode or two. So Humbug Silver Gold Mine Claim uh, is near the Spruce Mountain, Nevada. This is a very good uh, area for gold prospecting, according to... Uh, um, The gentleman who lists these gold claims for sale. Not a sponsor of the show. Not recommending, uh, you know, not giving a a reference or anything. But it's Gold Mines for Sale if you want to look it up on eBay. And uh, they just have good history and information on these mines. The Humbug Mine is about 20.66 acres. It's on BLM land. And this was on a producing mine which was mined for gold, silver, and base metals. And it has three shafts that are on the claim. Two are partially collapsed. And um, one of the shafts is got a uh, polymetallic vein, including gold, silver, copper, lead, and zinc. It says there's several prospects and pits and trenches on the claim. And uh, this person claims that they've done assays and found... Uh, up to six ounce per ton of silver, and over one point, or right at one point seven two gold, nine percent zinc, and ten percent lead. So it says that there's roads here, but the interesting thing is, is that uh, the Humbug Mine has history, and it's part of an operation and a larger uh, exploration in this area, as possible. But that's what it was at one time, the Spruce Mountain District has seen major exploration programs from the Newmont, the Freeport, the Santa Fe, the Renaissance, the Sumatumo, and others gold mines that are quite well known in the area. There's gold-sharn targets and large molly silver, um, uh, high-grade polymetallic veins, and carlin-style sediments hosted with gold targets. There's about 300 foot depth that you will find a shale limestone in contact with the Carlin style mineralization, which means uh, malignum. So nearby malignum, uh, pro poly ricks was estimated to have 80 million tons of ore, about 0.065% moly with copper and silver credits. So this could be developed with modern techniques, possibly, according to this. Mining companies are still active in the area, and this district, this gold mining or mining district, the Spruce Mountain District, is about a 40-square-mile area. It surrounds the Spruce Mountain, many historical mines. Spruce is the southwestern peak of the Goshute Range and runs through south Elko County. So uh, pretty neat. The Spruce Mountain District is just to the west of the more famous uh, Pequap District where the Long Canyon Gold Mine is located. Long Canyon was one of the largest and high-grade off-trend Carlin-style gold discoveries in Nevada. The Spruce Mountain District was discovered in 1869 through carbonic, or excuse me, carbonate replacement veins at the Latham Mine several mines opened up after the latham and the district was active until about 1910 when low prices forced the mines to close black forest m s company built a 30 ton smelter that operated up until 1909 a decade later bushed m s company 50 ton smeltery had limited operation and during world war I, increased prices spurred a revival in the district and the mines were reopened and new ones discovered. Despite issues of the smeltery running, the Spruce Mountain District was highly productive, ores were just shipped out by train instead of processed locally, and by 1920, the Bruce Monarch Cons M Company was shipping an annual gross value of $250,000 in ore and today, at today's prices, that'd be about $3.7 million in values. Overall, between 1869 and 1952, it's estimated that 105,000 105, tons of high-grade ores were produced in the district. From the 1950s to the 1980s, the district was explored for pro. Polyry mineralization and resource of 80MT of low-grade malignum copper mineralized rock and was delineated by a joint venture between Freeport Exploration and AMAX. Also in 1980, Santa Fe Gold discovered a potential Carlin-style system in the western part of the district. More recently, the Renaissance... Simitomo joint venture conducted an extensive drilling program in the district targeting multiple target types between 2010 and 2014. Malignum prices hit an all-time high of $40 a, a, a ton in or a lub in late January 2023 which received much interest in the district. Now as for the regional geology, the Humbug Mine is located within the Basin and Range, um, and the Basin Range province corners most of Nevada's and consists of narrow northeast trending mountain ranges between flat, arid valleys and basins. Spruce Mountain was formed as an, an- anticlinical fold, clinical fold with mining areas largely following two parallel faults, Country rocks are the Plezoic limestones and shales. There's a large volcanic intrusion to the southwest of the claim, which may be the source of the mineralization in the district. There are several other nearby granite intrusives uh, from the Jurassic age. It goes into the local geology, if you want to go into that, um, the dip of the veins, the thickness of the mineralization beds, about four to six feet deep. Um, They dip uh, north, was it northwest, I think it was, at 20% grade, and um, they tell you about the shafts, and uh, so on and so forth, and the assays uh, from the past, which were quite, quite valuable, up to 20 ounces of silver per ton, and uh, it says here trace gold, so it sounds like the new modern assays are showing a lot more gold, I don't know. Sometimes these things can be kind of uh, cherry-picked. So anyway, really neat claim, really neat area out there if you want to do some prospecting. They have a lot of pictures. The area is very highly mineralized, so there's always in that area if you go somewhere where there's not a claim, you can definitely find some pretty cool stuff. All right, so a record-breaking dinosaur footprint was unearthed in England at uh, foxweather.com, you can read about it. It says, I can't believe what I was looking at. Record-breaking dinosaur footprint unearthed in England by Chris Oberholtz. And he describes more than a three-foot-long footprint made by a giant meat-eating theropod dinosaur was found in Yorkshire. The record-breaking print appears to capture the moment that the dinosaur rested or crouched down Uh, many millions of years ago now they have uh, some pictures of it here it's quite impressive you can even see the toenail Um, looks awesome it is imprinted on this large rock here and um, they've got a tape measure there showing how big it is they said the importance of this discovery adds further evidence that meat eating giants once roamed around this area during the Jurassic period So pretty cool. If you want to read about this in more detail, um, there is much more substance to it. But we are going to move on to our next subject. How about, you know, we talked a couple weeks ago about the giant penguin, 300-pound penguin. Well, guess what? Not to be outdone, on uh, CowboyStateDaily.com, we are told that... uh, Although giant penguin fossil is nice, Wyoming's dinosaurs were so big they pooped three-thousand-pound boulders. Holy cow! That's a lot. That's a that's a ton and a half of, of crap. <laughs> yeah. So it says here that uh, according to Jake Nichols at the Cowboy State Daily, it says that uh, a paper from Cambridge University touted the largest known f- fossil of the penguin. But they said, hey, you know what, this portly puffin from New Zealand is nothing in size compared to the dinosaurs that we have here in Wyoming. And uh, they were huge. And some of them would actually dump a load that weighed 3,000 pounds. Outrageous. So the supersized bronchiosaurus was thought uh, to have left behind this huge, poop that they have here at an estimated 3,000 pounds uh, before it became a fossil. So if you've ever collected uh, they call it, uh, I think, copal. It's fossilized poop. And sometimes it looks pretty ugly and just plain. And other times it will have uh, agate. It could be agatized and actually be kind of pretty. And people would always tease me because I had a, a piece of fossilized or agitized, uh poop, dino poop, and people would say, why would you collect that? And I'd just go, well, you know, it's interesting, it's different, and they'd be like, but it's so gross, it's poop, and I'm like, no, it's a rock, look at it, and I'd hand it to them and they'd look at it and I'd go, scratch it, sniff it, and they'd be like, oh, you're kidding, and I'd be like, yes, of course, I'm kidding, but anyway, so they tell us here that uh, these giant dinosaurs roamed. And uh, this article is quite extensive and they talk about all these different fossils that you can find in Wyoming. Um, They got uh, pictures of the giant crocodile one that was found, a crocodile uh, lizard that was uh, very huge. I think it was uh, 50 or 60 feet long, had a snake-like neck with a crocodile head, kind of looked like a plesiosaurus if you're familiar with that. They've also found T-Rex tracks in Glen Rock, in that part of the state. And the article shows some of these uh, awesome fish. They talk about why they have such uh, wonderful conditions for fossils. They talk about the Wyoming Jurassic Mile. This is a 640-acre patch in the Morrison Formation, which is exceptionally rich in fossils and been dubbed the Jurassic Mile because 640 acres is a one mile mile by one mile um, geographically sized area. So they have a children's museum there. They have partnerships. It's a huge dig. It's a $27 million dig that they're expecting to find many more specimens. They've already found almost a 1,000 different bones and are identifying more and more each day. And uh, there's over 3,000 deeded acres in Jackson Hole where they are digging up more fossils as well and have been digging since 1980. Um, Hell Creek is another area where there's quite a bit. The formation was quite conducive to the Creaceous period and those dinosaurs that lived during that time with the collection uh, at that area of over 10,000 pieces, mostly teeth, horns, and things like that that were co- uh, carried away during floods or during the flood, however you want to look at it. So that's a really cool article, and I won't go into it deep, deep, but I thought it was kind of uh, fun, crazy, weird information to share with you about that. All right, next. All right, Brilliento, a high-end jewelry brand, is at the forefront of the Parabola Tremoline Market in Dubai. Let me grab a swig of coffee here. February's birth month is uh, blue stones, I believe. Uh, Blue aquamarine, but another stone that is blue and beautiful and gaining popularity and quite valuable uh, when of high quality is this parabola tourmaline. It is a aqua blue that is stunning. And if you want to check this out, go to financialcontent.com at the AB Newswire and read a little bit about this gemstone and see some of the beautiful pictures. Um, It is mined from uh, Brazil and I think uh, they might find some in uh, Sri Lanka. I'm not sure about that, but Brazil is the place where the Parabola brand name tremoline is marketed and it is getting hot in Dubai, which is uh, kind of the Las Vegas... uh, New York of the Middle East, I would say. Kind of the fancy, swanky Rodeo Drive, you know, uh, uh, that kind of thing. All right. There is going to be a gym sale. $1.5 billion is hoped to be raised. If you go to um, financialpress.com, financialexpress.com, excuse me, uh, written by Bloomberg. The article says a former Dimiteer Nerva or Rav Modes Gems go on sale to pay off $1.5 billion. This guy apparently um, was guilty of the largest fraud case ever in India and he has uh, got caught in his diamond business smuggling uh, or embezzling money uh, by... Uh, plain plain paper games I guess and he is said to owe almost two billion dollars so his gym collection and his diamonds over uh, 1.5 billion dollars they said will be auctioned it will take place on March the 25th and um, for bankruptcy proceedings uh, released by government agency which probes white-collar crimes Punjab National Bank, Kanara Bank uh, in India, I guess. Yeah, Union Bank of India are among lenders that extended credit to the company, which was allegedly mired in one of the largest fraud cases in India. So, uh, yeah, their company that was a diamond industry in India that cuts and polishes about 90% of the world's supplies. The Indian government accused Modi of defrauding the country's second largest bank, of about $2 billion. He's denied the allegations and uh, has contested his extradition from the UK. Uh, So apparently he's hiding out. He doesn't want to come back and face the music, but they are going to uh, sell all of these things, the probably the business, (laughs) excuse me, the business, the services, the diamonds, the gold, all that stuff. It's all gone. So next, the mystery of Japan's sacred mummified mermaid is finally solved. All right, if you've ever watched, like, I don't know, Ripley's Believe It or Not, or you've seen some weird things, this might have shown up in your conspiracy theory uh, or just weird, weird stuff kind of things. This little creature um, looks like a mummy. It's uh, said to be hundreds of years old. It has these sharp teeth, and uh, it has its hands looking up, and it has a mermaid tail. So Jeff Parsons tells us about this uh, in the metro.co.uk, if you wanna go visit the website, that's it, metro.co.uk. They've got a picture of this mummified mermaid. It was stored at the Inwan Temple in Japan, if I'm saying that right, but it was in Japan. This thing has basically been kind of worshipped. Uh, According to Fake Lure, uh, this 30-centimeter tall creature grants immortality to anyone who tastes its flesh. It has been worshipped uh, for hundreds of years. They said that allegedly it was caught off the Pacific Ocean by Japanese island uh, Shikoku, Shikoku, between 1736 and 1741. Well, finally, scientists have been able to get a hold of this and did a bunch of studies. And they are unclear when the mummy came to the temple, but the chief priests have put it on display some 40 years ago, and now it is in a fireproof safe. One of the Japanese... uh, person says we have worshipped it hoping it would alleviate the coronavirus pandemic even if only slightly he told a Japanese newspaper however after 12 months of research the researchers have given this mermaid a battery of tests to determine if it is organic or not and what they have found is that it is actually made of paper cloth and cotton with no evidence of any skeleton at all They did find some animal remains in it, however. Um, The teeth were of fish teeth, and the tail was of a fish tail. The lower half of the body does indeed come from a fish's tail or fin. Scientists write in their study, it is a combination of dorsal, anal, and pelvic fins. The fin bones that support the fins and the uh, other parts of it, the jaw and teeth are taken from a fish, And the white fuzz on the head originally came from a mammal. Radiocarbon dating, they said, coincided to the 1800s. And uh, there you go. So uh, it was a scam, basically. But uh, they will keep it and probably still tell stories about it. And uh, there you go. All right, what's next? Um... The gemstone or the mineral that we're going to talk about today that I think is really cool is pear And pear is an interesting gemstone we're going to talk about in a little bit. I want to talk also about Bracaded Jasper. Um, let's see what else we've got here. Yes, let's talk about Bracaded uh, Jasper. Bracaded, if you're not familiar with that term, this is where... Um, jasper formed and then it appears that it cracked up into many pieces and then the spaces in between were filled. So therefore it is uh, called a breakated. Now, did it breakate that way or was it chemically separating uh, different uh, parts and minerals that are within the agate? Um, Who knows? Who knows what happened? I think probably part of it started to cool and form and then temperature pressure changed that broke it up and then other things infused into it at that time. But it's beautiful. Um, The colors can be quite uh, awesome if it is naturally re-cemented together into a fine-grained matrix like good jasper wood. Um, It can be beautiful as a specimen or used for capuchons and jewelry. are, in California, many varieties of Bracaded Jasper. There's a large region with over 500 different faults throughout major geological regions and more jaspers are yet to be found. Each region has its own type of Bracaded Jasper that comes from the minerals of the surrounding land. Um, This gives different colors, patterns, makes them unique and uh, they can be found from the desert to the coast, the valley, the Sierra Nevadas, and the mountain range. Now, where do you look for these jaspers? Well, some general directions here, according to this article from our friends at rockandjim.com, that's rock, the letter N, jim.com, um, can be found between the towns of Williams and Stony Ford. You'll find Stony Creek jaspers. These jaspers have beautifully colored bracation. Uh, as well as some poppy variations. Most of these reside in alluvial stones. In other words, you can pick them up off the creek beds and uh, sometimes on the tops of hills. Much can still be found at the source by hiking through the hills and hunting for jasper outcroppings. Those would have to be removed possibly with a hammer and chisel. Um, Many world-renowned breakated jaspers such as a stone canyon jasper are found and these are generally from the valley down to the coast. You can also find the J. Colutos in the valley. J. Colutos contains a beautiful array of golden colors and patterns you will not see anywhere else. If you continue your way down the coast, you can find variations in the Big Sandy Creek area, wonderful rock hounding site where you can find Multicolored bracaded stones in the creek beds that run for miles. California coast also has a large variety of breakaded jaspers, such as Cacahuitos Beach area. A little further, the Avila Beach, where you can find unique D D and that's spelled D E E D E E I T E. In the southern part of the state, the desert, there's huge. You can find all kinds. One of the best places is the Caddy Mountain Range between Barstow and Ludlow in California. Um, Lovick Siding. I did a video on both those areas. If you go to YouTube, you will see our video on the Caddy Mountains and on Lovick Siding, where we found beautiful gemstones and jaspers, mostly jaspers. Another area is Chapinite out of Fort Irwin near Barstow, many places get a rock hound, get a book on rock hounding, um, look at some of our videos on YouTube. So, how do you use Bracaded jasper? Well, they're very hard, most of them are 5.5 on the hardness scale, or even harder. Um, they can be easily be cabochoned, made into these beautiful cabochon shapes, and you can make a standard oval, ramp, teardrop, or freeze style, whatever you want start with uh, 80 grit i like to start with 100 grit that's not brand new so the teeth don't uh, especially if it's material i'm not i haven't worked with before because a uh, really uh, 80 grit with brand new teeth can really chew up a stone badly and if it has a weak spot it'll it'll crack it very quickly but it, as you go through the different grits 100 to 220 to 400s to 600s You can then go on to polishing, but if you have the financial means to go up to a 14,000 soft resin wheel, this is gonna give you a glass-like finish, um, and then you can give it a final uh, polish after that with serenium oxide or a thin oxide, or even uh, hand polishing with a sand polishing compound and a felt Dremel bit. Um, This story was contributed by Russ, Ken and uh, it's a great uh, pictures of bracaded Jasper here check it out check out rock and Jim next we have um, paramite paratomite is a mineral and it isn't something you're gonna find in the us but um, very much. I want to look at uh, what they have to say here at uh, minerals.net at minerals.net you can look up the mineral paratamite. It's P-A-R-A-D-A-M-I-T-E paratamite is a rare polymorph of the more common atomite. It's chemically the same material or mineral as atomite but It crystallizes in a different type of crystal system, so it is scientifically recognized as an individual mineral type. It's very hard to distinguish from the regular atomite by looks alone. Paratomite crystals are almost always embedded in rusting, crumbly brown limonite that can stain your hands. Now, I would recommend not touching it with your hands because it is... Its composition is a basic zinc arsenite, arsenate. And um, that sounds a lot like arsenic to me, so I would not be wanting to touch that with my bare hands. I don't see any warnings here, but uh, anything that has a word that looks like arson uh, in it, I would, I would be very careful. The color is a pale yellow to dark yellow and brilliant yellow, some specimens. The streak on streak test is white. It's about 3.5 on hardness. Often has rounded crystal, but can have small crystal groupings that uh, are grouped together to make it a little bit larger. Uh, it's vitreous. It fractures uneven. It can be brittle. It fluoresces yellow or yellow green in a short white, uh, short wave ultraviolet. And um, it's in the group of phosphates and arsen arsenates, arsenates. I, I can't get the T to pronounce. It's associated with limonite crystals, and it is a secondary mineral in the oxidation zone of hypothermal, uh, hydrothermal replacement deposits, and it is uh, found in a type of sedimentary metamorphic type of rock. There are beautiful pictures of it here in the uh, ironish red background uh, with bright yellow to a greenish yellow uh, or orbi- kind of globule shapes quite beautiful they have uh, l- links to different places where you can look at it now if we go to mindat.org and look up paratomite you can see some more beautiful specimens now here they actually have uh... not just the rounded paratomite but they have some single sheets these would be very tiny uh... thumbnail size you know or, or maybe smaller than a thumbnail, more like a pinky nail. And these are flat. Um, They are kind of a a diamond shape or a a square that's uh, kind of flattened to to look like uh, kind of a diamond. Also, you can find it white where it's stacked together very well. Some of the areas that you can find this is uh, Durango, Mexico. Uh, Nambia is another area where you can find the white variety. Uh, Mexico is the most beautiful yellow varieties that I see here and also the unusual uh, kind of squared squared crystals that I was telling you about. Now, um, again, it says here it was named in 1956 by George Switzer from the Greek uh, word uh, for near and Adamite, is an uh, allusion, is a allusion to its polymorphic relationship with that species, atomite, basically. Um, so, yes, pale yellow is typical color of it. Let's see what else. We've got some locations in here that we can talk about. Um, it is an arseninates, and uh, it arseninates with phosphates without other... Aons, whatever the heck that means. They've got the spectrograph image of it. They've got the chemical makeup of it here. And then they've got some downloads here. I'm getting to the locations on the map. Where are we, folks? I know they're here. Here we go. All right. Locations that can be found. Germany. Germany. Um, several different areas in germany here that i cannot pronounce so i'm not going to try greece it could be found in greece um it could be found in mexico it has a location here of san diego but it's under the country of mexico so that's interesting i don't know where that would pop up Um, spain and nambia i'm going to take a look at the map here for a second they have an actual clickable map They have three locations south of mexico and let's see here is one okay um no mexico it's is where it's at it's not popping up as san diego so i don't know why it says that all right guys that is about it for tonight i hope you enjoyed tonight's exciting episode check out our new video on how to identify minerals and rocks on youtube we appreciate your support until next time remember Rock hounds don't die, they petrify.